Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today we're joined by Abby Brandon Levitz and Misty Adams from the National Down Syndrome Society and the New York City Buddy Walk. The New York City Buddy Walk that is kicked off with a one hour video of photos of individuals with Down syndrome that is played in the middle of Times Square. Today, Misty and Abby are going to talk about those events. The Times Square video has been happening since 1999. We talk a little bit about how that's changed and the impact and um, just the celebration. This is a conversation, a reminder of the celebration of our community and ways that you can participate. The video will be shown on Facebook Live during the event, uh, so make sure you go to their Facebook page and follow them. Also follow them on Instagram, and the link to the National Down Syndrome Society will be in our show notes. So welcome, Misty and Abby. Hello, Abby. Hello, Misty. Hi, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Good morning. It's really so wonderful to meet you ladies. You too. Well, we aren't saying good morning, but it is the afternoon for you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, Taylor Swift's first night in LA and the girls went out. And so... Uh, for, for Sophia's birthday. Sophia's yes. birthday. Oh my gosh. Did you love it? Oh my goodness. It was so amazing. It, it's her first... She's never been to a concert. And so... Oh my gosh. It was her first concert and she's turning 16. So it's her 16th birthday. That was her, her birthday <gasps> present. And uh, so fun. it was so... It was amazing. It was, you know, it was, it was kind of... Uh, it was one of the things I love is like she's a very positive person who mm -hmm. seems to be very generous in spirit and very uplifting. And it's so nice to know that that element is out there reaching on such a mass scale, especially, you know, a lot of our girls that are coming up and showing yeah, a them a lot that, of women power last yeah, night. Yeah, a lot of women power. <laughs> it was it was good. I said, you know, people will always ask you what what's your what was your first concert? And this is a pretty good one. This is a pretty good one. A bit hard to top that. <laughs> it it really yeah. yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. But we won't make this into a Taylor Swift hour. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I came across you guys on social media, on Twitter, specifically about the New York City Buddy Walk, and I'm so happy you guys are here, but maybe it would be best if you each introduced yourself, just told us a little bit about yourself and, and how you work with the Buddy Walk and, uh, and NDSS. Absolutely. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'm Misty Adams, so I'm the manager of our community event. With that... Um, I manage the National Buddy Walk Program. So that's all the buddy walks that take place across the United States, as well as the Times Square video that takes place um, in conjunction with the New York City Buddy Walk. So I get the honor 
of looking at all of the amazing photos that come in and the hard decisions of choosing those that are going to be in the video. But then I get to make the connections with all the families too. So it's, it's super, super amazing. But there's there's other aspects to my job, but those are um, those that are related to the buddy walk. And the deadline for the photos passed for this year, but it's something that uh, people can look out for 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 next year. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, um, we will open up submissions. It will either be late March or the first of April, and that is when submissions for the 2024 Times Square video um, will take place. And we usually will leave them leave it open for at least a couple of months, two or three months. Um, kind of it, it depends on when our buddy walk is going to be and then to allow time for us to get everything um, in order. But this year, uh, the deadline was um, the 1st of July. So it usually falls around that time frame. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that Times Square uh, video. Absolutely. It's like my favorite thing to talk about. So I would love to. <laughs> so. Um, this amazing event started in 1999, so we've been at it for a while, um, but we have two screens in Times Square and the Father Duffy Square, so um, they're placed right above the Dos Caminos restaurant, and um, so we have a little over 500 photos that are displayed within an hour time frame. We it takes place from 9:30 to 10:30 a.m. Eastern time, as and it plays into being the kickoff for the New York City Buddy Walk. But we have um, like I said, 500 photos that are displayed on those screens within that hour time. So each photo gets somewhere along the lines of like six, seven seconds. Um, and so that families get, they travel from everywhere to come and see this presentation take place. Um, I'm thinking back to last year. I mean, that place was packed of all the families. And I, I tell this story, I looked over at one point and there was um, an older lady with Down syndrome and her photo was up and the tears were just coming down her face. But like, I was like, this is why we do this. But it is such I mean, who can say they get to have their photo displayed in Times Square? Not many people. And so it's such a huge event. It's so big for our community because, you know, it's not just our community that's there walking around Times Square. There's so many people that are drawn in during this event that get to come and see these. And then it, sp it sparks up those conversations and um, just a unique way to advocate for our community. Has it always been an hour? Yes. That's so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. And we have amazing um, in-kind donor that's Clear Channel that donates the screens for us to use. Um, so, so it's such an amazing opportunity and they have been such a huge supporter for all of these years. How have you seen it change since 1999? Because as far as Down syndrome and the advocacy and, you know, all of these milestones that we've made as a community, have have really started to change the narrative of Down syndrome. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen since you started the video so many years ago? Well, there's definitely a lot of older individuals that are present in the video, which was not as common, you know, many years ago. So, um, and then we see, I get, we get so many submissions of people 
that are on sports teams in their football uniform, their basketball uniform, their chair uniform, that sort of thing. Or we have some that are artists. And so they're, you know, there's photos of them painting their artwork and, you know, all sorts of things that you just, you know, several years ago, we, you didn't see out in the world, but now all of that is being displayed in, and, and it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of them too, which, which it's amazing. So I guess to answer your question, we just, we've seen it evolve to where it's not just that, you know, that just photo of a cute face. Now it's like the impact that they're having on the community as well. And you can see the evolution of inclusion taking place through these photos. Misty, you got me with the, um, that you're getting pictures of older individuals. I think that's so important. We have a lot of conversations about some of the messages that were sent to parents, you know, when they get the diagnosis. And, uh, and that was, that's one of the biggest fears I think parents have when they receive a diagnosis of Down syndrome, because they've been told this message of, you know, like a great chance of more morbidity. And, and I, th- I think it's, that's, that's so important to understand just it how. It was probably the second or third thing I remember Googling, like, you know, like life expectancy, you know, these are the worries that you do uh, as a parent, you just get on the internet and just start looking at this, these stats and stuff. And, and it's, you know, part of it is, is not, not reality, you know, I mean, you see adults, you know, but in your mind as a parent, you, you just have this, you've already gone, you know, 50 years in the future. And yeah. uh, one photo in particular comes to mind and it was, it is um, of an individual holding a six and a zero balloon because he had celebrated his 60th birthday. So life expectancy is definitely um, increasing. And that's amazing because it just changes the message. It changes it from the community in a dynamic way. And I think that's really important for parents to understand because I feel like when we're given the diagnosis that all of a sudden we're holding all of these things that don't really belong to us. And it's nice to be able to let go of some of that and actually, you know, enjoy your child's life. It's really hard when you have a child that is, you know, brand new or even before they're born. And then all you're worrying about is when they'll die or how sick they'll be or the limits of their life. Like you, you, like that gets, that joy gets robbed sometimes. And so it's- you out of the moment. You start thinking about- That's all you're thinking about. And you don't like the, the difference between like uh, what we've gotten to experience with our daughter and what could have been placed on us with our son is so different. So it's nice that there's this, I, I think when people see those photos, they can take a breath and be just like, oh, well maybe, maybe that's not the, the, the truth of it, you know? Right, they can see their future yeah. in those photos. Yeah, that's it. You can see the future, a future, all of it. Abby, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Abby Brandon Livitz. I am the manager of special events at the National Down Syndrome Society. So I manage our larger fundraising events. So the largest of which is the New York City Buddy Walk. So The New York City Buddy Walk, along with the Times Square video, is really a celebration of the Down Syndrome community. And um, so the flagship Buddy Walk takes place in New York, but we have Buddy Walks that take place all over the country. What's the history of the New York City Buddy Walk? Is that kind of where everything started? Yes. So that was the first Buddy Walk that was held all the way back in 1995, and it's grown nationwide since then. 
How long have you been working with NDSS? I've been with NDSS for just over a year and a half now. And what brought both of you ladies to work with uh, National Down Syndrome? Do you have individuals in your life with Down Syndrome? So I don't have a personal family connection. I worked for a local affiliate, um, the Down Syndrome Association of Greater St. Louis. I worked there for almost four years previously. So that was really my connection and introduction to the community. And I loved it. I actually have an adorable little 10-year-old girl named Saley that has Down syndrome. So that was my introduction into this amazing world. Um, when she was born, there were a lot of health complications um, that required me to leave my job. So I um, became very involved with our local affiliate. Through that, was um, introduced in, to NDSS, got involved with them in a lot of activities, um, managed our buddy walk, our local buddy walk, and then started getting involved in some of the charity racing events. Um, and then a few years ago, when the buddy walk manager job came open and it was a remote position, I was able to apply for it. And um, I tell them they'll never be able to get rid of me now. It's the it's like my dream job. <laughs> and even though you're not in, in NYC, you do go for the event. You you go. Do you both go to uh, to New York for the Buddy Walk and the Times Square presentation? We do. We do. We it's a it's about a three day affair for us of the getting ready for it and um, getting everything set up and day up. But we wouldn't miss it for anything. What are some of the changes you've seen? Um, in the last 10 years? Well, the Buddy Walk was actually like really my, the very first event or anything that my family and I had participated in that was solely focused on the Down Syndrome community. And I have pictures I look back on. It was amazing. We had a team of like 80 people that came out to show the support. Um, and um, that was also my first introduction into fundraising. Like, I, you know, I never really had to do the fundraising before. So, um, but I fell in love with both. But we have definitely seen, we've seen a lot of growth in the Buddy Walk um, program for sure over uh, many years. COVID was a hard hit for everything, um, for, I mean, for everything, but obviously for the Buddy Walk as well, um, or the Buddy Walk program in general. As for the New York City Buddy Walk, it was virtual for a couple of years. Um, and so Times Square video also, it still continued on, still had it in, in um, Times Square. Obviously, we didn't have the amount of families that were able to come and see their loved one on the screen in person, but we did continue with the tradition. Um, last year was our first year back in person with the New York City Buddy Walk, and it was Everyone was so excited to be back. We had we had an amazing turnout of individuals. Um, and we, we learned a lot from COVID that we were able to implement into our walk programs now. Like we do offer those that, you know, you can you can participate in a buddy walk, especially the New York City buddy walk, no matter where you are. Um, you know, we that was something that we definitely learned. You don't have to be there in person to provide that support. Um, I'll pass it off to Abby that she can kind of explain what she's kind of she she's more into the logistics of all the New York City Buddy Walk than I am. Um, so I will let her kind of share some of the stuff that she's seen. 
So COVID changed a lot and I am a career fundraiser and event manager. So um, while I've done a lot of work in the Down syndrome community, I've worked for other organizations as well. And there was such a shift when the pandemic happened of not only how we fundraise and how we organize events, but why people want to get involved and what really matters to people. And people really missed out on that connection when we were all so isolated for quite a while. And people are not only just looking to give money or time to worthy causes, but they're looking to really be a part of something and be a part of something that is bigger than ourselves. So I think that that's really what draws people to support a buddy walk and come out it is more than just having a loved one with Down syndrome. It's wanting to be a part of this special thing for the community and make a difference, make things better. I feel like that that's just a shift that I've noticed from a fundraising perspective, from an event management perspective. That's probably the biggest thing that I've seen. Can you talk about the buddy walk? Like what, how, how, where does it start? Where does it end? This year, we actually have a brand new location for the New York City Buddy Walk. So it's going to take place at the Nomberg Band Shell in Central Park. So for those who are familiar with Central Park, it's near the Bethesda Fountain, and it's pretty close to the Sheep's Meadow area as well. So it's a really iconic Central Park landmark. The band shell is over 100 years old. People like Martin Luther King and John Lennon have spoken on its stage. They perform orchestra concerts there. It's a really exciting place. So that is where all of our fun events take place. We have carnival games. We have a play area. We have live entertainment. And I would say most importantly, we have a dance party. And the walk begins at the bandshell and it takes off down the iconic Central Park Mall and Literary Walk. So if you've seen a movie set in New York City or Central Park, you've probably seen a scene shot on the Central Park Mall. So it's a really cool, really beautiful location, especially in September. Um, so it's really exciting. We were previously at a place called the Great Hill in Central Park. It was hosted there for many years. That's also a very beautiful location. It's further north. So it's not as well known. It's a little bit more secluded. Um, so this year's location is really kind of in the middle of Central Park and it's more well known. It's larger. So we are very excited to be there. How'd you get that change to, to be someplace so much more visible? Sure. Yeah, it was kind of a mix of things. But as we were communicating with the Parks Department, as we were looking to plan this year's event, we realized that we had started to outgrow the previous location and we needed a little bit more space. So this is providing that. This is also a much more accessible space. So it's going to be a lot easier for people to come and enjoy themselves and participate in the fun. Yeah, that's such an amazing part of Central Park, too. I think of the Sheep's Meadow. I I remember, and this is years ago, but uh, going there, and it, at certain times where you'll go in there, and you just, you're just supposed to be quiet when you go into the Sheep's Meadow, and it's just a beautiful place. I think of, like, Simon Garfunkel had a concert there. I mean, like, there's been <laughs> a lot of big events, but uh, so happy that that's the, the part, because that's a very popular area of the park yes. too like a, you'll have a lot of tourists that maybe didn't even know that there's an event going on and it's just kind of maybe stumble upon something you know how uh, many people go to new york city not knowing exactly where they're going you know maybe they have an itinerary but things can change and they they walk upon you guys and get some information and and learn some things and 
have a good time. Exactly. That always happened in previous years. We have people come up to the walk and ask, you know, who we were and what we were doing. And I think we'll have a lot more of that this year. I assume you'd have that at Times Square as well. You know, I mean, yes. <laughs> and and also, um, I don't believe we mentioned that the Times Square part of it would be streaming as well on on YouTube. Is that correct? It will be on our Facebook Live. And so, yes. And then um, we will also have a professional photographer that will be set up and she takes photos of all the photos that are on the screen. So anyone that is unable to attend, they will get um, a professional photo. And of course, all of those that are able to attend will get one as well. So we tell the families like you focus on getting your child there with the photo in the background and we'll we'll take we'll focus on just getting that photo um on those screens um for you and get that to you are there any places like for accommodations that support both events as far as you know you could put like in a code sometimes for different hotels or anything is there anything like that we do have a hotel room block at the Westin new york times square oh great is, is there like a code or something that people put in or we don't have a code, but we do have a link to the room block. And that'll be on your website? It is, yes. And it's on the National Downsum Society website, or is, or is there a specific Buddy Walk website that you'd go to? We have a specific website to register for the New York City Buddy Walk that is linked on our main website, though. Well, I'll put that in our show notes, too, just so people can make sure they get to the right place. I'm really curious. It's very exciting that it's in Central Park. I'm very very exciting that it's in Times Square, these videos. Um, you've been there for 10, 10 years now, Misty, and you were there last year, Abby. How does it rock the community? Like how, like what is the, you know, like you were saying, people are out and they don't know that there's a buddy walk um, and they come across the, uh, the, down syndrome community in Moss. What are some of the experiences that you have? And I asked because when Liam was little, I remember he had, we were looking at schools and we knew that there were people with down syndrome in our community. And we were like, where are all the kids with down syndrome? Like we know that there are other people with down syndrome. Where are they? You know, and 13 years ago, it, it wasn't, people weren't as, as visible there. You know what I mean? It was, if you go back historically, actually, you know, families, you, you talk about someone who was 60 years old, what that experience was for them. Like a lot of times children weren't brought out into the community. And I'm just curious. And also what there, that, there weren't, you know, ads or commercials. No, or movies. it's so amazing. Just all the, just ads and the visibility. And I'm just curious what what is that energy like when you're there it's it's almost a little bit different to describe it is so special it is so electric it is truly an incredible thing to be a part of where people with down syndrome are celebrated for exactly who they are because of who they are and absolutely everyone deserves that everyone deserves to feel that way it's a really incredible thing to be a part of and the Buddy Walk is a hugely important advocacy event 
for the Down syndrome community. It's also the most widely recognized public awareness program for the Down syndrome community. So it's only grown, especially as it's gone nationwide. Um, so the visibility for the New York City Buddy Walk is quite large because it's held in such a public place, but that extends far beyond this event and far beyond just New York City. I was going to say for the Times Square video, it's always great because you you always are going to have people come up to you and say, what is this about or what are you doing? So it's a great opening. But once those people start watching, they don't leave until it's over, whether they have a connection or not. But usually they're moved by the end of it and they want to know more, like, please give us more information on what you're doing. Where can we find you? Or they're they're already following us on social media before the end of the event. So um, it is great. Last year, there was a, a concert, a religious concert of some sort uh, um, going on there in Times Square as well. Well, they got so involved into our event as well that they started giving like shout outs and doing their, in between their songs of, you know, and telling people, you know, to follow us and that sort of thing. So it is so impactful of what we're doing. And um, I think that visual, especially of Times Square video is so, so big for those that are coming in. Because again, like I said, how often do you get to see photos flashing on these jumbotrons in the heart of Times Square as well? And so um, people are very, very interested in it. But as you mentioned before, I feel like probably in 1999, people were even more surprised to see an individual with Down syndrome up on a jumbotron. Now it's not, I mean, it's a more common thing. Now, are you used to seeing 500 gorgeous faces, you know, scrolling through? No, so that's gonna get your attention. But I do feel like our community, it's not a shock to people as much anymore, you know, when they're seeing us. And so the individuals with Down syndrome and the Down syndrome community are becoming a more integrated part of the community as a, in whole. But it is a great, great experience. And and those that come in, you know, they're like, not to, we have some that follow us to, to Central Park after the Times Square video because they want to come and take part in the event. You had mentioned earlier how inclusion itself has affected the world and, um, and you know, not just our community. But I think about these photos and and the walk as well when people you know, see this community together. And, I, and then I think about the pictures I had, maybe in my mind or pictures I, I saw um, of people with Down syndrome when I, when I was younger, um, e even, you know, as a young adult. And, and they weren't positive pictures that I saw, you know, I saw um, pictures of, of people that um, not only uh, uh, weren't representing their full self, but um, because of how they were uh, oppressed, basically, but also um, not part of our community. You know, these were photos of other people, of people that, oh, that's them, you know, and and this is such a, uh, you know, New York City is such a unique place and a beautiful place, and to have this community in the heart of of the city and uh, shown in front of all these people in such a positive light and, and showing someone at their, at their best, you know, and, and showing what they, what they are and who they are and that they're part of 
the community is so, I mean, listen, I haven't seen the pictures and I'm impacted by it, but I can imagine how people can see and walk into an hour presentation and say, I, I can't leave until this is over. I think that events that are so public, like the Times Square video and the New York City Buddy Walk, they really do shift public perceptions for people of what life is like for individuals with Down syndrome and how different it can be for all people. You look at the Times Square video and you'll see someone who is a star athlete or an artist and you come to the New York City Buddy Walk and you see people with Down syndrome who are singers and entrepreneurs and excellence in academics. You know, you see all of that. And I think that it has such a positive impact on the community at large, on people who are not associated with the Down syndrome community, and it makes them want to be a part of it. Well, I think what Stephen was talking about was the stereotypes that were propagated. The images that really are burned in people's minds are from the when those institutions were revealed, you know, and what happens to a life that has to experience segregation and um, dehumanization. And they took that, and that was the image that was burnt into so many people's minds. And that is really um, what is behind a lot of the challenges that the community has. And so just like we are taking back the narrative by telling our stories, by changing those images, like, because if, honestly, if you're not in this community, you don't experience its greatness. Like, I mean, you just don't, not yet. We're starting to, um, not beyond that, um, there, like that pandering kind of awe and pity, which is, which doesn't even belong in a sentence with your child has Down syndrome. I, I want no parent to ever experience an awe or an I'm so sorry ever again. Like that, that just, that isn't a, a, a something that needs to be present. And I think that all those sentiments come from this archaic story that was told, these images that were put upon us to kind of push that whatever that agenda was, that initial agenda that happened so long ago. And by, by changing those images in, in people's minds, there are people who don't know that somebody with Down syndrome can actually play football, can actually run a race, can actually swim a hundred, what is a hundred meters? Is that the swimming term? Like, I, I don't know <laughs> swimming. Like, I just, do you know what I mean? Like people, people. Yeah, this is uh, an, an image that people will think about when they think about Down syndrome, you know, just like and I the ability, reflected right? on. Yeah, I reflected on the pictures I had in my mind. I don't even know where those pictures came from, but they, they, uh, Obviously, I had experienced something to get that. And now these people, people, maybe their first introduction, maybe maybe they know about Down syndrome, but this is something that will carry for the rest of their lives of, of, of the image of what Down syndrome is or someone with Down syndrome and, and what they can do. And that it's equal. Like there's yeah. not like, like I mean, I, always, I think about Chris Nickich and that he ran an Ironman. And I think most individuals can say, I'm never running an Ironman. Yeah, right. That's like really hard, and to to have to have things like that where it's just like, oh, well, it's it's that equality, and and it's you know, I I long for the day where we where we don't have to say, and 
we're in, and our children are included. And you know what I mean? Because then it's inclusion. And I think this is, this is such a great, like your, your photo in Times Square is epic, mind blowing, like something to be able to, to say that you've done that, you know, that you've had in your life, that experience and that experience for a family to say, yeah, we're going to New York because, um, uh, you know, our, our, our brother, our uncle, our best friend, our sister, our brother, their picture is being displayed in Times Square. I mean, what's so awe, what's awe about that? It's, it's amazing. And these opportunities are just, I, I think, th- especially New York, right? Especially New York City. It's like we all, we, we, we tune in on New Year's Day to see Times Square. Like, I, I mean, you think, I always think whenever I'm, I'm somewhere, I think about who's walked there before. And this is like not only who's walked there before, these are the actual people that are walking there and, and changing the path of this community in a, in a very big, in a very big way. Well, Abby, could you take us through maybe like what the Buddy Walk Day is like, like how uh, from start to finish, how, how things go? Absolutely. So as Misty mentioned, the Times Square video kicks off the day. So that is from 930 to 1030 Eastern time. And to make things easier on everyone, we offer buses from the Times Square video location to the New York City Buddy Walk location. So we have so many people come in who are not from New York, not from the tri-state area, and therefore not familiar with the city at all. So the buses are just a great option just to make things easy on people. They don't have to worry about navigating. They don't have to try to figure out the subway if they don't want to. So the buses will drop off starting at right around 11 a.m. And that's when the New York City Buddy Walk opens. So we have a lot of different fun things for people to do at the walk. We have a play area for children. We have arts and crafts. We have some sports activities. We have carnival games. Those are always a big hit. We also have live entertainment on stage as well. So we have live musical performances and we also have, um, you know, moments where we speak on stage. We talk about NDSS and the walk. Thank everyone for coming. Um, There are awards given out and people recognized and the walk part of the New York City Buddy Walk is just under a mile. Like I mentioned, it starts down the Central Park Mall and Literary Walk. And then it basically just takes you like around the area where the band shell is. So you get some really beautiful scenic views of Central Park as well as the neighborhood around it. And the walk starts and finishes essentially in the same location. You basically just make a circle, we give out medals, and then we really conclude the New York City Buddy Walk Day with a dance party. And really that does not stop until the DJ packs up. <laughs> people, And even then, people do not stop dancing. Um, so it is really such a fun and special day. And the event usually concludes around three o'clock. And um, I mentioned the buses earlier. We also have buses that can take people back to Times Square where everything started. You know, like I said, we really just want to make things easy on people and take as many challenges out of navigating New York City and coming to the event as we can. So um, yeah, it is, it's a really special day. And we'll provide a link to the, to register for the Buddy Walk. How, how many people do you have registered so far? 
so far we have, I think, over 400 people registered. Misty, does that sound correct? And we will have many, many more registered in the coming weeks. And even if somebody cannot make it to New York for the Buddy Walk, they can still register and participate. Absolutely. We have a walk at home virtual option. So you can register for that option and we'll send a t-shirt and medal to you. So you still get to be a part of the fun and have a token of the New York City Buddy Walk. You had mentioned how there, you've seen so much change and people wanting to participate. Uh, and I'm just curious, you know, for people who are listening, because they think, you know, what are some of the changes that are made and advocacies that happen with the, the fundraising? So the New York City Buddy Walk is a very important fundraiser for NDSS. So all proceeds proceeds raised from the New York City Buddy Walk uh, directly benefit our mission and they go directly to funding our three key areas of programming. So our three key areas of programming are resources and support, policy and advocacy, and community engagement. And I really could go on and on about all of the incredible things that we are able to do because of people who support events like the New York City Buddy Walk. Um, But as far as resources and support goes, we offer a lot of free resources on a variety of topics for the community, such as health, wellness, education, financial wellness, etc. And we have our Adult Summit Conference coming up in November. So that addresses the needs of teens and adults with resources and educational opportunities for individuals with Down syndrome, families, caregivers, professionals. So those are just a couple of examples of things that we do and things that people can directly get involved with and support by participating in the New York City Buddy Walk. So you mentioned three areas, and that was the resources that you just spoke about. And those are available on the website. There's a, They can find the resources and the the summit that you spoke of. Yes. So you can find all of the information about the resources, about our programming. All of that is going to be on our website. So um, we have a resources and support tab, as well as a policy and advocacy tab on our webpage. And then under get involved, that's where you're going to find information about all of our upcoming events. Just kind of walk you through it a little bit where you can find it. The policy and advocacy, does it talk about the different advocacies as far as like the the education and um, the rights of individuals with Down syndrome? Yeah, so through our advocacy work, we empower people in the community to work with um, Congress, federal agencies, and as well as at the state and local level. So um, we do advocate on all of those different levels, and um, we advocate to develop and improve policies for the benefit of the Down syndrome community. And we also host um, an advocacy conference in the spring in Washington, D.C., where we prepare people to go to Capitol Hill and take meetings with legislators and their offices to talk about policies that will improve life for the Down syndrome community. Wow. That's fantastic. And all of that information is on the website. So people who are interested in the, and they have that, that opportunity, because I feel like as we evolve 
in age, you know, there are some responsibilities that can be taken on. And I think like individuals with Down syndrome, like when they get to be teenagers, they can begin to advocate and, and go out and understand the importance of advocacy in the community. And that's very empowering. I think as a parent sometimes, and Misty, you know, you, maybe you can um, comment on this, like sometimes navigating those milestones, sometimes we have to do it differently. And sometimes maybe that's just imposed upon us. You know, I know with our daughter, with certain, you know, conversations, it would be, okay, we're going to have this conversation, but how do we make it age appropriate? And I feel like sometimes in the community, there are conversations, and I see it on the, the boards, that we don't want to have or don't know if we should have or don't think that we should have. And um, and because we do that sometimes, I think it it denies our... Uh, community and our and our children and our loved ones that ability to evolve and and be empowered, you know, to tell their story. And so, as yeah, Stephen said, wow, I think it's I think you know m- m- on a bigger, like a real sobering, real like we go out and and we walk, and it's so amazing to attend any of these walks because you're a community. Right. And we, and we, we always have these great conversations. And I think there's something healing about sharing our stories. Um, and the stories are changing, you know, and it's fun and a celebration. And, but then the part of that fun and celebration, the, the real, um, good stuff that comes from having our photos in Times Square, having, having people, cause that, cause that didn't happen before we weren't, I mean, our kids weren't given heart surgeries, right? Like that, it just didn't happen. And you see, um, you know, to see the pictures there and to spark those conversations and in central, I mean, goodness in central park. Hello. You know, it's just, it's just this great celebration, but then it's like the, but the reason we have this party is because it's really making changes because maybe like I'm used to, like when Liam was born, there was a buddy walk and we were celebrated and Liam was celebrated and we were encouraged to come out, but not everybody experienced that. And these fundraisers, if you can't make it and these like beautiful experiences, they're at the core and the foundation of making those changes and and letting those voices be heard, just to remember that, just for people to understand that it's a big, fun, fun party, but it's also changing the world and it's changing the narrative. And it's, thank you. You nailed it. Um, just to build on that, like, I coming from the parent the parent side of it, like I said, the Buddy Walk was our very first event or experience in the down syndrome community and it was with open arms but you know I've I've grown to use that as an opportunity to invite people from my daughter's school teachers other students like this is a way for you to come out because because we all know if you go to a buddy walk you're going to have the best time ever and you're going to leave with a smile on your face probably more hugs than you ever thought you were going to get and ready to do it again 
So I use this as an opportunity, like and invite people, come, come join. It has made our transition into school so much easier because these teachers, you know, they're aware of, look at all these possibilities. You know, that we're breaking those stereotypes because, because we're seeing, we're seeing people who are graduating high school, graduating college, that sort of thing, you know, that have Down syndrome. So you're getting, is this is a fun way to get to show all of the abilities that our individuals have and a way to break some of those barriers that we've had to face of education, employment, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a great way to get business owners in that, in that way in as well and to have a good time and then want to come back and be supporters too. Well, sometimes we have to see it to believe it. You know, that's just how society is sometimes. And you're putting out such beautiful visuals and uh, people will see things differently than they did before. And then also uh, taking an adult and talking about Congress so we can have more Frank Stevens out there. So we can have people self-advocating for themselves and right there in front of people showing uh, that we're all together. We're all, we're all the same and we're all here to, uh, to celebrate. And also, I think what you just said, Misty, about uh, your first buddy walk and how you're welcomed with open arms. It's such a gift for new parents because I think we can all be honest and say right now still with the, the you know, the heavy handed diagnosis and some of the, you know, beliefs that still exist out there. Um, and that's when we took Liam to his first buddy walk. He was very, very, mm-hmm. he was really, really young. But as a family and for our daughter, like just to connect and to let your guard down a little, you know, we go through as parents, we go, we do, we have a bit of an armor and it's just a fact. It's a fact like we've done 140 interviews, 150 interviews. And it's just a fact that we can, we can say openly now because of society's beliefs, because of our fight for inclusion and education, because of these things, parents, we have an armor because of the way maybe our families take the news or things that are said with, you know, the, the best in mind, they can, they hurt and they resonate and here you go. And a lot of times, especially if you're a new parent, you have parents have been doing it for years. You have adults with Down syndrome. You have all of this community. And and I think you can, like as a parent, you can take a breath and you can relax. I don't believe we get to relax that often. And (laughs) you're laughing. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I don't think we get to relax that, like really relax, really just let your hair down and just be like, yeah. Today could be today could not be hard, and today could be hard. Or you can you can uh, you can have a conversation and not feel like that's going to be the only takeaway and the way people see you forever. Because it's like any parent, like you just get to you just get to talk and connect and have fun and see really cool things. I remember the first buddy walk we went on. This family had because I think they were set designers. They they had built a their their child loved pirates, and they had built a pirate ship. And it was this like this thing that they did every year. They would just make this just beautiful, grand, limitless celebration. And and I think it's 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 there's so on so many levels. This is so great for the community, and um, 
if you can get to New York, if you can get to your local buddy walk, mm-hmm. but if you can get to New York and uh, we'll, we'll have- Or uh, watch on Facebook Live. Wa- and watch, not or, <laughs> and watch and send a link to everyone that you know. You know, put it on your Facebook Live, put it on your Instagram and shout it out because it's an awesome celebration. And, you know, I just, I I think we need to celebrate more. We need to not be so polite all of the time and and suffer injustices when we don't need to and call people in IEPs. Uh, when those, you know, were being denied, I put IEPs in every, cause I want, if this is the only episode that you listen to, I need you to know that you have a right to, your child has a right to an equal education. I just need everybody to know that your child is equal. They have a right to the same education. So I shout that out as many times as I can. And there's lots and lots of information out there. You can go to the NDSS website and probably get some really fantastic information about advocacy and we just need to celebrate we we need to be celebrated and we need to celebrate you know our our kids are amazing and I think about like for Liam sometimes I would get bothered because people you know that awe awe and the pity and if I don't need to pay attention to that I I need to celebrate the fact that my child is amazing, an amazing human, a human that people work to get there. People go to retreats and do lots and lots of work to be kind just in a way that he doesn't have that agenda, a kindness without agenda. He is smart. He overcomes always challenges. Like when I see my son go for a run at track and PE, I know every parent out there knows what their child did. You go for a walk. And when we first started buddy walks, we're like, why only a mile? Why only a half mile? But you know what? Think about, celebrate that. You remember when your child was born. You remember what the doctors told you. You remember how long it took that kid to walk. And you remember the blood, sweat, and tears that it took from your child and from your entire family. And the parents that looked at you and didn't think that they were going to get to that milestone. And sometimes maybe you didn't think they were going to get to that milestone. And then you go out and you walk. And that is the celebration. Because on the outside, they don't understand the importance of this walk is that we did it. And we're taking steps against everything that was put against us as parents, as a community, as our loved one with Down syndrome, and we're doing it. And that should be celebrated. That should be celebrated. And I thank both of you ladies for everything, everything that you're doing to help this community celebrate. So yes, go on to Facebook Live, share it with everyone, because this is the reality of this community. Register for the walk, participate virtually, participate in your local walks, and just know that it's the, it's the, the metaphorical step and the actual step that we're taking, and it's change and it's evolution, and don't let anybody ever tell you that it's helping your kid more than our kids are changing the world for the better right? This community is just, it just makes the world a better place. That is the truth of this community. 
our kids make this world a better place. And so do you ladies. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. I often say I'm not sure how I got so lucky to be brought into this community, but whatever I did, I'm glad I did it because it has been the best journey ever. I mean, Misty, really, like before my son was born and before I watched him, like all the work he did, every single solitary milestone, the work that he did inside of me, there is nothing that I cannot do after watching what he has done. And that is an immeasurable gift. The impact on Stephen, Sophia, our friends, and our family, you know, as a human, as a neurotypical privileged human, there's nothing that I, I can't legitimately say I can't do that after, after watching my son do so many things that people said you can't do. I've done a couple of marathons, not that, I mean, in my head, I'm like, there's no way, but I, I had my daughter's pictures tied to my shoestring. And I'm like, there were so many things I was told she would never do. And I watched how hard she worked there. So I know I can do it. So every step I would look down and I would see her picture on my shoes and, you know, got me, got me through those. But I I agree 100% that they, they are the biggest champions in the world because we see what all it takes to do the things that we take for granted that are easy. Well, we thank you both for joining us today. It was just so nice to have you. Abby, is there anything that you want to say be- before we go? Um, Just that we hope you join us in New York City. All are welcome. If you're hearing this and you may not have a family connection, but you feel inspired to come, please know that you are welcome to join us. And we hope that everyone who hears this will be inspired to join us in New York City. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful, beautiful morning. This was such a great, great gift. Thank you so much. Oh, thank Thank you you for having us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Amazon.